Hello and welcome to Atomic Radio Hour, the post-nuclear podcast. I am your host, Vince, here for episode 260. And I am also joined by everyone's favorite neighborhood web swinger. Me. Him. <laughs> Kyle, come on. Hello. You gotta... Hi. I don't know. How you been, Kyle? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah? <laughs> Uh, thank you for joining me. We have a lot we have to talk about today. Uh, you are actually Certainly. up to date on this Microsoft BS that's been going on with the Federal Trade Commission. Yeah. I'm not. And I've been trying to talk about it like a little bit here and a little bit there, and I just don't know what's happening. Uh, we also got some more. We got to talk to some fun stuff at the end. And as always, this episode is brought to us via the Goulman Entertainment Patreon. And with us today in front of a live studio audience, the live studio audience of today is Captain Lennox. Thank you, Captain Lennox, for joining us. If you have any interest in being part of the film live in front of a studio audience tier, there is a link in the description below to the Patreon, and it helps the show grow. Kyle, I just need to triple check. You are recording, right? I am recording. Beautiful. Let's talk about this whole Microsoft thing. Yes. Yes. What is happening? Uh, A lot. A lot of shit. Uh, A lot of just people don't know how to do their jobs as well. Uh, Because a lot of the the documents that are supposed to be redacted are, like, not really redacted. So people are seeing information that they shouldn't be seeing in the public. Like uh, Last of Us Two costing two hundred and thirty million dollars or something like that to make. That's it. Something like that. That's wild because I saw the one thing you sent me was that uh, Horizons Two was like two twelve. Yeah. Which is crazy because I don't. Did you play that? I did not. I don't know anybody who did. Um, but oh, the, please. Yeah, there's been quite a bit coming out in these past few days. Um. Uh, the biggest couple few things of that was like, um, pull up some stuff here I sent. Um, Phil Spencer reveals that Sony held back PS5 dev kits ahead of console launch to Microsoft and their studios. Um, that is why there is no Minecraft PS5. Really? Because, to be honest with you, that would be corporate espionage. I, I said that last week, did I not? I think so. I, I'm pretty sure I said I'm pretty sure this is corporate espionage. So there's that. Um, the big one that I don't think a lot of people know about is the reason why they bought Bethesda. Mm. It wasn't to make Amazing. better games or help them no. make games. It was not. because they didn't want Sony to have Starfield. That's it. Just That's solely it. they didn't want. They did not want Sony to have Starfield, which they heard was going to skip Xbox and be exclusive, which I don't think so. I think it was going to be timed like um, Deathloop was yeah. and Ghostwire. But, uh, but do you remember back in the day, that, uh, what was it called? All of the Fallout 3 DLC was timed. I'm pretty sure Skyrim to some extent, I, like they came out at the same time. But I think the DLC with Skyrim was timed as well. I'm not sure. I don't really remember. But I, I remember Fallout 3. We had a friend, the uh, kid who died, and he played on PlayStation 3. And I remember telling him all about the DLC, and he's like, I can't play it for, like, another year. Yeah, I'm not sure. Okay. I'm not sure about that. Do you think Starfield will ever come to PlayStation? No. Nope. Never? Never. Not even not, after nope. all this shit? Nope. Wow. They own Bethesda. Why would they? There's a difference between giving them money and being like, we want this for a certain amount of time, and then owning them. Yeah. But, like, didn't they, and you could correct me because I know you're more up to date on this than I am, but didn't they say, like, they don't want to do exclusives forever? Didn't somebody say they want to, like, end exclusivity? Uh, Yeah, let me pull him up. Microsoft CEO. uh, I don't remember. I don't know what his name does say here. Microsoft CEO says he wants to end Xbox exclusives, but blames Sony. So they're already blaming Sony because they yeah. can't do it. Um, they ba- he basically said, if it was up to me, I would love to get rid of the entire exclusives on console. But that's not for me to define, especially as a low share player in the console's market. The dominant player there, Sony, has defined market competition using exclusives. 
So that the world we live in, I have no love for that world. Damn. Um, let's see some other stuff here. Uh, Sony's PlayStation yeah. chief says publishers hate Xbox Game Pass. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> Chaz uh, Lennox in the chat says smells like a lot of bullshit to yeah. him. What do you mean smells like a lot of bullshit? That he doesn't he, he doesn't like exclusives or just everything about this is just BS? Don't believe that that's the reason that they aren't. Yeah, Absolutely. no, not Absolutely. at all. They could they could say tomorrow that they they could say tomorrow that they don't want exclusives Listen, ever again. PlayStation has exclusives, but guess what? They're actually good games. Yeah, I know. In Halo Infinite, like that's why I think Starfield really has the potential to be like the first big exclusive since like Fable or Gears. Um, and I just don't. Yeah, think I don't it's know. Gonna, I I don't think it's gonna. It's be not gonna Xbox go. Forever. It's not gonna be. I don't think it's going to be, be. I don't good? think it's going to be. I mean, it's going to be okay, but I don't think it's going to be like, oh my god, I need to buy an Xbox. No, 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 no. I don't think so either. I don't think it's going to be like. I think it's going to be like the people that have Xbox are going to be like, yo, this is a that are team Xbox. Like, this is a solid choice. Like, this is a solid game to yeah. have. If if Microsoft can pull off by this time next year, two or three really good exclusives. I can see them being like, okay, cool, yeah. Uh, people will be like, yeah, cool, I have to buy an Xbox. Right. Um, Microsoft also wanted, they put a list out of, uh, Microsoft was going to acquire a bunch of game studios that they're deciding on. Let me see if I can find... Still that they're deciding no, on? No, I don't, I don't think so. Um, Microsoft is MNA final watch list. So they're watching these studios to be like, grab them. Uh, Thunderful, Supergiant Games... Uh, Niantic, uh, Playrix, Zynga, Bungie, IO Interactive, Scopely. They also considered buying Square Enix for their mobile game pass. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Niantic. Yeah, it's cat. The, the fucking Pokemon Go people. Yeah. I think it's wild that they wanted to acquire Sega. Yeah, Sega too. It's just... Sega... <laughs> That I think is is like the like Capcom Square like they they're big they have their their place and everything, dog say but like at the same time what does Sega make Sonic and Yakuza, right, um, and then we have uh, Microsoft was ready to go spend Sony out of business to strengthen Xbox, like that's that's the that's, whole point they're not here to make video games they're here to to make money. burn Sony to the ground. So they can yeah. get number one. Which sucks, because, like, That's... I don't care about Xbox anymore after, like, reading all these things of, like, you're not going to make good games anymore. Yeah. I, I, I have some faith that they're... I have some faith that, like, some of the studios are just backed by money and that they'll be able to have some fun. But, like, Supergiant... What is Supergiant? Man? Hades, um... Cap, you put it perfectly. This is way too much, and that's what I said before: is that they're just buying stuff, but they're not making. Yeah, I think I think we when we watched, uh, I don't think it was E3, but it was one of those things. The Xbox conference one year, they're like, we acquired this studio, we acquired this yeah. studio, and this yeah. studio, and this studio. It's like, okay, you're not making any but, good games, though. But like, that's what sucks so much about Psychonauts Two. If Psychonauts Two wasn't such a niche thing that like existed solely because people wanted more of it that psychonauts too tender that's that's the only thing that's came out so far like fable is coming but i'm not interested because i don't know if it's a remake or reboot yeah yeah i have no clue either you watch the trailer and it's like fable saint throw already burned that bridge so i'm not i have to know yeah but like, hey, you acquired whatever their studio is, you launched Redfall, and you knew that was a disaster. Yeah. So. I don't think this is like the end of all these studios, though. Like, I no. think at the end, these studios would be sold off. Like, it's just scary to think that they have the money to do this. 
Like, maybe we should look at who controls money in this country. Like, I don't want to get political, but, like, maybe we should look at who controls the money. No? I guess. I, I, that's not... I don't, I'm not bothered by that. Uh, oh, shoot. Nice. I agree. PlayStation. But if we're back on the 360 days, 360. That's... Yeah, but that's every generation. It always does that. It all, it, dude, it was PS2 360 now to and PS4. PS4. Yeah, like it always bops back. I'm just surprised Xbox is, is having such a fucking <laughs> miserable time. Uh, the you core, own everything, but you don't make anything. I, I had a conversation with uh, one of my clan uh, members from my Destiny clan about uh, the Game Pass thing. I was like, yeah, I had Game Pass, and I was like, oh, cool, those games are on there. I'll eventually get to that and then never play them because I had no urgency to like... Not only urgency, but like when you buy a game, you're like, okay, I'm buy, I bought this game, I'm gonna play it now. Yep. Now it's like, oh, I didn't have to buy these games. Well, I'll eventually get to this, I guess. You know, there's not like yeah, that I didn't connection. spend my money on it. That's why I. That's why I went and pre-ordered a copy of Starfield because if one might. I think like as of yesterday, my uh, Game Pass ran out, and I'm not renewing it because I'm I'm never on it. Yeah. Like I'm never on yeah. my Xbox. You know what I mean? So. And I don't have a PC that'll be able to play it. I have a PC that might be able to play older stuff, but regardless, I want to play Starfield. So I went out and bought. Also, Bethesda makes games I like, so I went out and I purchased a copy. So, I don't know. I I had this conversation with someone at work recently because I was saying like, oh, there's a big Switch sale, right? So there's a bunch of games that I want to try, right. and they're like, well, why don't you just buy one of these games that you want to try digitally? And I'm like, because I don't feel like I own it. Like, it's just sitting on my console. Like, I, I paid 60-something dollars for Animal Crossing, and I played it for maybe 20 hours. I don't feel like I bought anything. Like, I don't have anything. Like, that. that's what I'm really afraid of. I'm afraid of when video games go completely digital that I'm just not going to be interested because I'm going to be like, I don't have this. It's not real to me. Right. You know what I mean? So, like, I'm with you with Game Pass. Great idea. I like the idea of Game Pass, especially if you're someone who, like, they like video games, but they're not super about anything. You can be like, all right, cool. Here's here's $15 a month. I have a revolving door of games. I can play whatever I want. That's dope. Go ahead and do that. But, like, as someone who has a list of games I want to play... There's a bunch of, like I was just saying, there's a bunch of Switch stuff that I just want to play. And like that it's not anywhere else. But it's all digital and I have to take my time to get to it. Right. If, if, I think Game Pass is good for lower income people, to be completely honest. Right. You can, you can get it a Series S and you can get Game Pass for a year. And I feel like if someone doesn't have money or you come from like a single mother household something like that, you have an ability to play video games and be up to date. But for someone like you or I, Kyle, who we care about games and we, we pay attention to what is coming out, Game Pass doesn't work for us. No. Sorry it, if that it, was rambling. It doesn't. Um, also, this one, which I'm kind of confused about, and we talked, uh, you messaged about it. Uh, Jim Ryan says, Phil Spencer sent an email of Activision Games uh, list of email of Activision games that will continue to be supported on PlayStation were older games and not new ones. And if the example yeah. was Overwatch is on there, but not Overwatch 2. Which I guess you consider that Overwatch 2 and Overwatch are the same game. Actually, it's not because Overwatch 2 is like Overwatch 0.9 at this point. Mm. With all the less features for some yeah. reason. But that's... What does that mean? Like, oh... How... Oh, we're not going to support that on that console anymore. So you can still play it. To support like like Call of Duty, uh, whatever the most recent one is. Yeah. From like let's say last year, before the acquisition, but nothing forward. Yeah. That's crazy. We'll support Overwatch, <clears throat> which I don't I, I don't know if even there's. Well, I guess they still you can I, you can't even play Overwatch one anymore, so it doesn't make no. sense either. So my disc is is a coaster. <clears throat> yeah. Actually, I don't know. You have to try it. Maybe it downloads Overwatch too. It probably does. Like, I wouldn't be surprised. But our friend Chris that we would play Overwatch with every now and again. Yeah. He bought a PS5 with a disk drive because of Overwatch. And then they're like, yeah, we're not going to do a disk. It's just going to be a download now. Yeah. And he's like, so I could have just bought a digital. I mean, I prefer to 
like I just went on the tangent for. I prefer to buy physical, but still. Right, right. right. Actually, speaking of that, because I did, I don't know if I sent you. Did I send you that? No, I don't think so. But uh, um, Remedy actually explained why the Alan Wake Two is not physical. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know if I can find it, but they basically said, it'll sum it up, that um, it costs more to make a physical game that they rather spend time polishing and make sure it works digitally than having yeah. discos sent out that kind of don't work and then you have to update it. In, in three months? Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they did Or have like a day one patch. Run. That way they're going to be yeah. like, okay, we're fixing this, stuff like that. You can download it now. I wouldn't be surprised if limited run games did like a thing where it's like, all right, the game has been out. If you want a physical Kyle, I bought a limited run game. I mean to tell you this, bought a limited run game, nothing exclusive, like nothing I have to wait for right. like a month ago. And I've still like, and it, and it's, Oh, you'll be waiting until like, next year. Oh, wait, you got get it. Get the hell out of here. No, no. Yeah. I've they take a long it. time. Cause they, they have so Jesus. many games going in and then you got to program in onto a disc or like a cartridge and, like that takes, and you know how many orders and stuff like that, it, and everything getting made, it Kyle, takes a while. The game, the game that I bought, I didn't even buy it for myself. I bought it as a present. It's called fucking Ao the Clown. <laughs> it's like a little platformer that the only reason they were doing a physical release was because there was like a like a little bit of uh, want for it. They said they're only doing two thousand copies, and. You can order them off Amazon too, and I just bought it through Limited Run Games. It didn't. It it's not a limited run game game. Like you know how like everything's like, oh, this is game seven hundred, and it's this game, and it's got this special right. packaging and this stamp. It's just like a game ass game. I'm sitting there going like, where whatever. Well, it depends. I whatever the distributors are. I mean, they might distribute it, but whoever is creating it, it could be. I it, limited run games takes a while. I'm still waiting on the. Sam and Max stuff, and even the uh, um, wow. Put Put and Pajama Sam thing, because I had to wait for a CD stuff? to get made too. So, but I think that yeah. might be shipping out soon. That and that's been like beginning of the year. Really? Yeah. I mean, they have so many things in production, so I, it's gonna, you know. But just 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 before we go back to talking about Xbox, Captain Lennox here says it depends on the game. Uh, they have very few physical discs on PC, but all of the cards for the DS. And yeah, I get that. I mean, 3DS was like the first Game Boy type thing that I feel like you could really download stuff to. And then they just said, hey, we're not doing that anymore. And I don't know. I just, game preservation is a real thing that's not taken seriously. Like, you just can't play San Andreas anymore. Like, you have to pirate it on PC to play it. My copy of San Andreas doesn't work anymore, and now it's like a $40 game. I still have this Xbox original. Yeah, raggle fraggle. I love San Andreas. But anyway, anything else you want to talk about this whole Microsoft curf? I think tomorrow is the end of it, so we'll see what happens. I honestly, I hope it doesn't go through. What goes through? The deal. Really? Yeah. Why? I feel like they're they're gonna. If it does, people are going to be watching them like a hawk. You think it's going to make better games? No, I don't think it's going to make better games. I think I I know that they're going to make shit very exclusive, right? Yeah. And but now, like, oh, we're getting lawsuit. People are going to be watching them because they're gonna. I know they're going to do some shady shit with it, being like, but we didn't say Elder Scrolls was exclusivity during this thing, but we're going to make it exclusive. Yeah. Like I, there, there's gonna be, there's gonna be shady stuff that's gonna happen. Like they're gonna try to get away with something, but I think because of all this going down and all this stupid nonsense they've been spewing about stuff, that I think people are gonna keep an eye on it. I just think I, they need to just be like, oh, we lost. Okay, we lost. You know, like we lost the console war. Now let's just make games. You think? You think Microsoft? It's not gonna just, happen. It'll be but like, like uh, Sega. Like, you think Microsoft would just become, like, Sega, where it's just like, screw it, we're just going to make games for every console? I, I don't think they have to make games for every console. I, they just need to work on their properties they own. Yeah. That's what yeah, Square, just, uh, that's what Sony's doing. 
Sony doesn't have a lot of yeah. like uh, a lot of studios, but they care about their studios. Like they work with their studios. Like when they oh the whole Bungie thing too. Like them trying to acquire Bungie, that would have been a nightmare. They would have made shit so exclusive and a part of the Game Pass, and then like the because yeah. they did this before. Like the expansions, some of them were Game Pass, and then I something happened that Bungie didn't have them on no more, and people lost access to all of them because they're free the Game Pass owners. So, but like, um, shit, what was I saying? Uh, <clears throat> well, I hope it doesn't go through. Yeah, I hope I they hope just. I hope the deal doesn't go through. Just because if it doesn't go through, maybe we can start cracking down on monopolies in this country. That's just how I see it. I think, I think, I mean. It's it's not good either way. It's not good for the company, but fuck the company. But it's also not good for consumers. Right. Because, like, if I've been playing Call of Duty since Call of Duty 4 on the PS3, and I'm a big Call of, a Cow of Duty man, then I just can't play them? Like, that's ridiculous. Right. But I, I just don't think they would do that, honestly. <sighs> I, I don't, don't know. think they can. How are you going to make one of the biggest game series they certainly not can. on another con? I mean, they can, but like how? Because they want to screw that. Their whole plan, as was to through this whole thing, was to take down Sony. And if that means making a big game exclusive to their console, that means screw. Well, Sony even said like, we don't need Call of Duty. We can survive. Yeah. But like, yeah, but that's the thing about Sony though. Like, like they have they have so many other things that they could be making that they're not. They could be making more infamous. They could be making more. Well, we don't know what half. That's the thing too. Is like a lot of their studios are like tight lipped. Yeah. I just hope we don't get another days gone. I don't think so. No, we won't. (laughs) But uh, I don't know. I just want them the deal not to go through and them to look at themselves and go, "Well, shit. Well, we lost because they they even said like we lost the console war. Okay, you lost." Like, you're not going to win by, like, they think they're going to win by acquiring Blizzard and Activision. You're not. Here's my thing. Who cared about the, like, the console wars was something that you talked about at lunch with your friends. People still do. That's insane to me. That's insane. Yeah, I I want them to not get it and then, like, realize, like, okay, we lost. Maybe we should be focusing on making our games better and our studios. Oh, Redfall? Well, we didn't really care about that because we were trying to screw over Sony. Because it was supposed to be I, on multiple platforms, but we don't care. Yeah. Well, Deathloop, remember Deathloop came out, it got announced that it was coming to everything, and then they got bought out like a week later. Well, it was, it was, it was, like, it, Sony, oh. it was Sony only. It was PlayStation for a year, I think. Really? And then Bethesda bought them out, and we were like, well, we're still going to honor that. If I get a PS5, I gotta get that. I, as soon as I get a PS5, I want to get the Hitman games, the like the World of Assassination. Right. Because I love those games, and I haven't played the third one yet, and I could just pop that in and play all three of them in one. Mm-hmm. But, damn. Thanks for clearing this up, pal. I, I had no yeah. clue what was really we'll going see. on. I was just kind of reading it as it came in. Yeah. I, I know it's not going to... Nothing good is going to come out. It's just going to be themselves. But, like... Sony purchases Xbox. <laughs> I mean, that would be the ultimate move, but it won't happen. Yeah. That'll be funny. They'll be like, I hope Sony does that, where it's like, we're going to buy this studio, but you know what, Microsoft, we're going to allow you to have their games too. Yeah. I hope they do that. That's the ultimate, like, Chad move. Or yeah. if they took a game like, or they would never do this because it makes so much money for them. If they took a game like The Last of Us, just the first one, it was like, put it on Xbox. Screw yeah. it. Like, it would never happen, but it would be such a Chad yeah. move. Cool. Is that all you got to say? Yeah, that's pretty much it. We'll know more cool. tomorrow. Well, recording time tomorrow. For you, so it'll be Sunday or Saturday tomorrow. Wait, what? Well, when they're listening to this, tomorrow is actually Sunday. But us now recording tomorrow is Thursday. So we'll know (laughs) Thursday. Yeah. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. I I thank you for coming on and clearing this up. Yeah. Like I said, I don't know what the fuck is going on. 
But we, we should get into this lore, Kyle. We should get into the mm -hmm. meat and the potatoes. Uh, before I get into the lore, there are some people that I have to thank. People I have to thank, some very, very fine folks that help the show grow and get bigger and better. And if you enjoy these shows and you'd like to listen to them live, you can join folks like Captain Lennox who are in the filmed live before a studio audience tier where you get to watch these episodes every Wednesday at about 8.30 Mountain Standard Time. You get to watch these in if you're in that tier on the Patreon. Uh, so I have to thank some people, and starting from the very top, I have to thank the OG Noah. Thank you, Noah. After Noah, I have to thank Danny. Thank you, Danny. After Danny, I have to thank Marcus. Thank you, Marcus. After Marcus, I have to thank Mellow Millhouse. And last but certainly not least, I have to thank who is with us now live, Captain Lennox. Again, thank you for your support. I love you very much. And if you're interested in supporting, even at the the one dollar tier the cheapest tier that patreon allows me to go your voice can and will be heard when it comes time to choose this week's lore thank you patreon i love you every week just about every week i try to make it every week i go into the patreon and i ask a question it's a poll i ask one of two things do you want to hear x do you want to hear y and this week i was thinking about how I've been enjoying capturing game footage and what have you, and how I just really like playing Fallout 3 in New Vegas and recording it and just the process of that. So I went back to those two, and two things kind of stood out to me. Yes Man from New Vegas or The Slavers from Fallout 3. I, very different things very different types of factions very different types of people very different types of groups but i asked the patreon this and the results from the poll led us over to fallout 3 so if you'd like to hear any lore and i mean any lore whatsoever check out the patreon because even at the dollar tier your voice is heard in what will be this week's lore and this week's lore by way of Patreon brings us the slavers from Fallout. The slavers in the Capital Wasteland in the year 2277 are a loosely centralized group of people who think that slavery is okay. There's not a ton known what is going on about slavery after, directly after 20, October 23rd, 2077. The first real showings of any sort of any sort of uh, slaver action going on happens a little bit around, maybe a little bit before the 2050s. And I say a little bit before because of a man we're about to talk about and, and in a settlement we're about to talk about called Ridgefield. Now, I love Fallout 3. Favorite game of all time. I'll talk about it to the day I die. There is a character who I've never understood and for some reason never thought to look into him. Now, I get all of my lore off of the Fallout wiki, fallout.fandom.com, the Nukipedia, if you will. And this town of Ridgefield is one of the earliest slaver activity that you can find in the Capital Wasteland. An entire tribe filled with military survivors. Now, Fallout 3 takes place 200 years after the bombs drop. You meet a man who goes by the name of Arkansas. And Arkansas just snipes at you and has an entire town filled with mines. It's referred to as Minefield. He's from a town originally called Ridgefield. I don't know how old Arkansas is. I, I looked it up on the wiki. It doesn't give me an exact age. It just says old Hispanic man. Like, honestly, that's the only thing I could find age-wise. But he is the sole survivor from this town. He was a little boy when it happened. He escaped and he vowed revenge and he wanted to make Ridgefield a death trap for slavers. This is a man who was going to get his revenge by any means, and I mean any means possible. So he leaves. He, he escapes with his life. He gets out of Ridgefield and he comes back and he starts placing frag mines all over. 
he starts placing them all over the town and then makes himself a little sniper's perch and then starts spreading rumors that new people have come in. Raiders have come in, taken, excuse me, slavers have come in and taken all of the people out of the town and he's the only one to get away and he wants his revenge. So he starts spreading these rumors. He starts saying that a group of settlers has showed up and the slavers come and they take heavy casualties from the mines that are there and are Kansas just sniping away at them. From the Fallout 3 official game guide, the Game of the Year edition, on page 61, it says, Arkansas, the last of the military survivors who made Minefield their town. Arkansas was a small boy when the slavers first came and captured nearly all of the tribe. But they never found him. Swearing revenge, he spreads rumors of a, of a band of inhabitants that set a trap for the slavers. When the slavers came to raid the town again, they were harried by a hidden sniper and decimated by landmines. The slavers took he heavy losses that day and never came back. And now the man, Arkansas, still shuffles around this place. It's just, I have such heavy memories of going there, of just doing like the, the Wasteland Survival Guide quest. You can, you can ask uh, Moira Brown about the landmines and uh, the, the, Lone Wanderer could say, I'll head into Minefield, wish me luck. And Moira Brown would say, oh, don't worry. No one ever goes there because I say it's a ghost town. And since ghosts don't exist, you can just focus on the landmines. I hear there's a playground in the middle of town. Reach that point, come back. I'm sure you'll have some stories to tell. So the Lone Wanderer can ask, why do they call it Minefield? They say it was a town called Ridgefield until slavers cleared it out. Now, it's supposedly cursed and just a death trap to visitors. Now, everyone calls the place Minefield and says it's a ghost town. Superstitious nonsense. Of course. But that's how people think. You'll be fine. By the 2050s, slavers exist, but they're really only tolerated in Paradise Falls and by 2277, kind of in Canterbury Commons. I don't get super into what happens in Canterbury Commons because I want to talk about more of the history of how they got to where they are. They were more chaotic in the 2050s than they were in the 22 and then in 2277. Most of their history, like I said before, is unknown up until this time. The last like 20 years is how they know about most stuff. And to really talk about any of the slavers, we have to talk about Rockopolis. And my God, do I love Herbert Daring Dashwood. It's a hidden location. It's considered one of the safest places in the Capital Wasteland. It's on the western edge of the Wasteland. It's north of Girdershade. And sometime between 2077 and 2248, so to 180 some odd years, the, the town is settled. By 2248, King Crag gives Herbert Daring Dashwood and Argyle, his stalwart ghoul manservant, some shelter there. And sometime around 2250 to 2251, the both of them are kicked out because Herbert Daring Dashwood got into a bit of an altercation with King Craig's daughter, if you catch my drift. And then comes into play a woman by the name of Penelope Chase. Inside of Paradise Falls, she claims to be imprisoned by slavers and then teams up with Herbert Daring Dashwood and Argyle, kind of playing the femme fatale, the damsel in distress. A skirt in danger, for lack of a better term. Herbert Daring Dashwood, Argyle the stalwart ghoul manservant, and Penelope Chase get run out of uh, Paradise Falls once they've escaped by some super mutants. And going about their way, there's rumors of Ruckopolis. And it, it's known that, that Rockopolis is out there. People understand that Rockopolis exists. And it's kind of like an open secret. And Herbert Daring Dashwood wants to impress Penelope Chase. And when she's like, isn't that right there, Rockopolis? He's like, oh, of course it is. And I know the secret knock to enter. And he does a secret knock and he lets her in. And then it turns out that Penelope Chase is actually the boss of all of the slavers in the Capital Wasteland. She's in charge of Paradise Falls. And if I haven't made this clear, and if you don't understand what slavery is, 
It's essentially that these people see other humans as cattle. They want as much as they can. They want the weak people. They want to round them up into herds, and they want to sell them off to other people. And what's wild about this is that the, the slaver population to the slave population is wildly off. It's really just the people uh, that are trying to get into the Lincoln Monument, which is a freedom area, but there's like a quest that you can go. I'll get to that in a little bit, the quests that are involved. And Paradise Falls, and that's really it. You meet some people that are ex-slavers, which I'll get to in a little bit as well. But the amount of people to, uh, that are slaves compared to slavers is wild. Now, like I said, the safest place in the wasteland is now exposed to the king, the boss of all of the slaves. And it turns out that her code name is the Black Widow. Now, all of this has been dramatized for the player's enjoyment, for the Lone Wanderer's enjoyment, on Galaxy News Radio, where they play these radio stories of Herbert Daring Dashwood and his stalwart ghoul manservant, Argyle. And the story they talk about is this story of Penelope Chase. She is the Black Widow and wants to enslave the entirety of Rockopolis. Argyle sees this happening and does the eagle claw on her and he rips her fucking heart out. Just whatcha! And rips this woman's heart clean out of her chest and Herbert Daring Dashwood takes it like a champ. He's like, good on you, my old boy. And then Argyle's like, I knew, uh, I knew this woman was heartless, but can you believe it? And then Herbert Daring Dashwood's like, hmm, the highest form of humor. The slavers get into Rockopolis. She had them follow her. Uh, so she's dead, but the slavers get there. There's a fella named Roland who, who you can find his note when you get to Rockopolis. There's a uh, bobblehead there right next to Argyle, the stalwart ghoul manservant's body that you can pick up. Herbert Daring Dashwood gets away. Dashwood leaves. Argyle stays behind. It's never really said what happens, but there's sounds of guns and explosions, and there's a city underground. That's what Rockopolis is supposed to be, and it seems as if the the entirety of the cave has caved in, and it's right where uh, Argyle is, and it's not really said what happened, but you can go back to Herbert Daring Dashwood and tell him that his friend is dead. Now, the slavers wanted to sell the citizens of Rockopolis up north to the slavers of the pit. And it's kind of implied that that happens. You never see, like, a bill of sale, or you never get to the pit and meet the slaves of Rockopolis. But it's heavily implied from what Roland says and what slavers do. There's a man named Harlan Jurley who takes over after Penelope Chase. He is a man who is so crazy, he would eat the slaves that he couldn't sell. So a man who is not to be messed with. He takes over as the slaver leader. And was at this time, trading with pit raiders was already kind of a thing. Like, it was an established thing that they were selling slaves to pit raiders. And he was leader for decades. Now, it says decades. This is the 2050s, 22, 2250 to 2277. He's maybe in charge for like two decades. So, yes, decades, but not like four decades. And in comes my main man, one of my favorite characters from Fallout 3, Eulogy Jones. And he kills him with a bullet to the back of the head and takes over his head slaver so a little bit on eulogy jones again this comes from the fallout 3 official game guide eulogy jones is a unique 45 year old individual he dresses as smoothly as possible for a wasteland dweller and leads a persuasion and leads by persuasion and intelligence getting others to do his dirty work but the man is definitely dangerous if you mess with his slave operation he'll be the first one to put a bullet in your brain eulogy got to where he is exactly as you'd expect by being the craziest thug in a town filled with crazy thugs he'll tell you that he did it the old-fashioned way hard work in truth he uses his slaves as prostitutes eulogy knew nearly every secret in the camp eventually he killed the former leader and took over and every slaver in the camp has learned to back off when Eulogy loses his temper. He rules by fear. He was so brutal and feared that the residents of Arafu destroyed their ramp onto the city 
out of fear. And these, these slavers will sell to other raiders, and they also have a history of selling a little bit to Alistair Tenpenny. A little bit about the abolitionists real quick. This is directly off the wiki. The slavers relative success is not without any sort of opposition and the growing abolitionist movement has become large enough of a threat to warrant special attention a team of leaders led by leroy walker occupies the lincoln memorial in order to prevent slaves settling in for the purpose of boosting morale or invoking a, a riot also has to play into the whole that Abraham Lincoln is the one who set the slaves free. They're there. Symbolism. Yay, it's great. So slavers play a pretty big role in Fall 3. Paradise falls as a slaver compound, and several quests feature slavery as either a major or a minor element, uh, which I'm going to read off some of these here. Some quests rescue from Paradise. The slavers are currently holding Sammy, Penny, Squirrel as slaves, and the three need to be brought back or taken from the slaves to complete the quest strictly business from grouse a quest that i've never done i've started it but i've never finished it i, I was doing it with framke uh grouse hires the lone wanderer to enslave four vips to gain entry into paradise falls head of state leroy walker employs the lone wanderer to bring him artifacts of abe lincoln so that they can destroy them if one sides with the temple of the union leroy and his slaves will need to be killed into the pit the Lone Wanderer attempts to travel to the pit to do this. They must obtain slave clothes from a slaver camp near the train tunnel. Economics of Violence from Pronto hires the Lone Wanderer to bring him 20 Chinese assault rifles. Strictly profitable, Grouse hires the Lone Wanderer to enslave non-player characters other than the VIPs. And the kid kidnapper, Eulogy Jones, instructs the Lone Wanderer to enslave Bumble. A couple of uh, people that I'd like to bring up real quick are... Carolina Red, Crutch, formerly, Cutter, Eulogy Jones, Flack, formerly, of Flack and Shrapnel, used to be a slaver, Forty, Grouse, Jotun, uh, Harmon, Jurley, Leroy Walker, Phil Goodman, formerly, Pronto, Penelope Chase, Ramsey, he's in the pit, Richter, Rollin, Rollins, Silas, Sister, Soma, formerly, and Ymir. It only really appears in Fallout 3. It's brought up in the Fallout 4 Creation Club content, the Capital Wasteland Mercenaries. And according to the art of Fallout 3, the slaver aesthetic was described as stolen police gear versus rockabilly aesthetic, as well as a 50s biker girl roller derby. I think the slavers are incredibly incredibly divisive for the right reasons i remember the first time playing fallout 3 and being like oh slavery is just a thing here like that's just we're doing this now and being like totally like i want nothing to do with them but getting into paradise falls because i was a bad guy and i remember using the whole karma of do not know who i am and they let me in and then doing the quests in there, and then just lighting the town up. This is also the first game I ever played where I could just light towns up, so I was just lighting up every town I walked into after I got what I needed out of it. But the slavers are more of a developed group, really, than the talent company, or even Riley's Rangers. And they're just a group that feels like they have genuine reach throughout the wasteland. I understand why people will chip on fallout 3 i don't agree with it i think the world that it builds is great but but i feel like the the slavers really hold it to the point where like the pit is one of the best dlcs for the game the fact that the pit is just about slaver slavery and slaving it just i if it wasn't in the game i feel like it would be severely missed but that my friends is all i have for this week's lore kyle yeah how you been, pal? All right. How was that drink of yours? Pretty good. What's going on, man? How you been? I'm all right. I'm all right. Yeah? You doing anything fun lately? Nope. You playing anything? Uh, Destiny. That's it? That's it. You know what I've been in the mood to play? What? GTA. Not really. I know. <laughs> I've been in the mood to play, though. I've been thinking about it. Like, today I was looking up some, like, GTA San Andreas stuff, and... 
I'm just like I'm hitting a point where like I get why people don't want to play GTA 5 anymore. We've had the game. Dude, Kyle, that game came out when I was in high school. Right. I mean, that's not the My reason I don't like, want to play. It's just every time we play, no one wants to RP. What do you mean? I'm down to RP all yeah, the time. Yeah, but half the time people sit in the menu looking at cars and then buying cars. And then it's just like, come on, can we play? <laughs> I, I love RPing. And I wish that there was RP servers on console. Yeah. I'm surprised they haven't added it. Uh, they probably won't. Like, mic required. Like, you have to have a mic. How's Destiny been? You just grinding it out? Uh, Yeah, I did a raid last night. How'd that um, go? Pretty well, pretty well. It's a, it was a cursed raid. It, I could never actually get that raid done. Just because every time I was in an old clan, there were just old men that complained and then had to go to work go to bed to go to work at like 8 o'clock so like they just leave so it's like oh cool they don't even say they're leaving they're just gone well, they're like oh I gotta go to bed so <laughs> and then it's like oh why join the raid if you know you're getting off in 20 minutes yeah so finally got done I don't know just a lot of a lot of just noise in the Destiny community as of late mm-hmm. a bunch of YouTubers making videos like Destiny is a big microtransaction thing you should stop playing and paying the game and it's like shut up the story's been there. You don't have to pay for anything. It's pay oh. to win. No, it's not. What game isn't? What online game isn't pay to win? See, the the person that made the video was like, it's pay to win because you get this thing in the in the battle pass that what lets you give uh, Azatros or something like that. I've never heard of that person. But uh, he put out a thing about like it's monetization, the game, and it's like, yeah, I understand. Free to play, you got to buy your expansions. Well, well. Is it free to play? It's free to play. Really, I didn't know that. Um, there's not a lot to do because you need the expansions. But like, what game yeah. isn't without DLC? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. but um, in the battle pass, you have these things to then you can craft weapons, but you need to like get a red border of that weapon to then unlock one of the patterns. And you need like five patterns to then. Craft a weapon. And they're random sometimes. Mm-hmm. But they introduce a new uh, currency kind of system where in the pilot class you get an item to then any gun that's craftable, even the raid weapons, you can turn it into a red border and then get a pattern. So, like, that's pay to win because people are going to craft guide road weapons and go into PvP. <laughs> oh, that's bullshit. Destiny 2 is not that's a PvP also, game. It's PvE with PvP included. Yeah. I That's a whole discussion I mean, somebody else made a video about, too. But then people are like... Most of the Destiny people I see are PvP players. And, like, will never touch the story. Or any activity, really? other activity. Really? Mm-hmm. Damn. It's crazy. Because I, nah. No. I'm not, nah. I just haven't been interested in really anything. I want to get the new Final Fantasy. Boy, what is it? Final Fantasy what? 16. Damn. It's like more Game of Thrones-y medieval-y. Yeah. Um, I gotta clean my PS5, though. If you don't clean it, it will probably catch on fire. Really? Yeah, because like, no one... If you had and got a PS... You know, like, it needs air. Because the game is a big game and it's gonna run. Like, you need... To have that ventilation cleaned out. Damn. Are you taking the whole thing apart? I mean, what I usually do, I take the lid off and then unplug the fan and clean the fan. Oh, so you're like taking it apart. To clean it, yeah. That's how you clean it. Damn. Damn. You, the lids pops off. Because you can change the lids. They make different lids for oh, you. Oh, 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 okay, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm thinking you're talking about how like the fucking PS4 is like, take it apart. Put it nah, in, uh, it's thing. much easier. Like, you just take the lid off and then you unscrew and then pop the fan out. That's it. I see. I see. I see. I see. I see. But like, I've been playing Crash, the new Crash game. I but like, oh, yeah, after a while, it just. That. I I hope they fix the XP gain in their pass because it's oh. it's really like, I don't know. I, there's a hundred levels. There's, there's like eighty something days, but I'm only level like thirty something because I got like 
the deluxe, so I got like 24 levels free. But like, it takes a while to get that one level in the pass. And like, after a while, you kind of just, it just gets a little repetitive. Yeah. But is it, like, are you having fun? Yeah. I mean, sometimes you'll get a team that don't know how to play or a team filled with dingo dials and just wreck you. Um, but yeah, it's not bad. It's fun. But that's been pretty much it. I mean, it beat Zelda. Oh, I got, um... I got weak. Oh, how does how does the end of Zelda? What do you mean? Like, like is it is it just like I mean without ruining it, is it just you know every other Zelda ending? Or? Uh, I guess I, I I never beat another Zelda, so I can't compare it. Really, you didn't beat Breath of the Wild? No, I beat Breath of the Wild, but I never beat any other Zelda, so I can't really compare it. This felt more Zelda y than Breath of the Wild. Really? So I, I really enjoyed it. Cool. I, but I will say the final boss is such a bitch. It, it, Ganon was like a Dark Souls boss. Really? Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much it, though. Good shit. I, I got a, the Spyro trilogy. Nice. Never played it. Still have yet to play it. You gotta put the classic music on when you play. Oh, there's an option? Yeah. Yeah, I'm absolutely gonna. If I could play with Spyro looking like he's polygons, I'd nah. play that. You can change. There's cheats no. to change his color if you wanted to. I think. Nah, I'm cool. I like. Him you can put big head mode on or something like that. Haha. <laughs> nah, I got it on Switch. I thought it'd be a nice game that I could play for like an hour before bed, take it on the go. You know, mm-hmm. it was a present. But cool, 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 cool. I think that's everything we have for you this week. Thanks for joining us. A jam-packed episode. A lot of fun to be had by all. Uh, if you like the intro music, it's by the one and only Shane Ivers. Thank you to Shane Ivers. The intro song is called Feather Duster. You can get it at silvermansounds.com slash free music slash feather duster. But hey, while you're there, check out the rest of his heaters. I want to thank again to the Patreon. Thank you for supporting the show and helping it grow and get bigger and better. I also would like to thank anybody who supports on the Redbubble. A big thank you to anybody in the Discord. Just thank you for being alive. Thank you for hanging out. Thank you for checking us out and hanging out with us the entire time. Thanks for listening to two friends kind of just hanging out for a little while. I love you very much, and I will be seeing you next week, so please stay safe. Next week I have something for you a little out of the ordinary. It's uh, what we like to call around these parts as a burner. And I'll see you soon. I love you very much. Bye, Kyle. Bye, Kyle. Bye. See you later. Bye. This has been a production made by your friends at Gulman Entertainment.